This is Nerd's Eye View for the 2nd of February, episode 261. Is that right? Yeah. All right. And who are you? I'm Andrew. And I'm Jordan. Welcome, listeners. We've got an interesting episode for you. Uh, There was a bit of contention. We couldn't really agree on a movie. And then we were like, ah, Jane got a gun. Yeah. That's that's what we're going to review. That's what we're reviewing. Uh, That, of course, is going to be after our new releases, after our top 10, but before our uh, Guess the Ending segment, which uh, there's there's quite a few movies coming out next week, Mm -hmm. but we'll talk about that later. First, let's do the top 10. All right. Count me down. Uh, You might not want to spend this long here for number 10. 13 hours, the secret soldiers of Benghazi, who basically always wear number nine. 50 shades of black. Uh, And you'd have to hide in complete darkness for number eight. The fifth wave, which is what knocked down number seven. (laughs) And we all have one of these. Or, or, sorry, I totally messed it up. No! Dirty Grandpa! Uh, who hangs out with number six? The boy who went for number five. Right along two, uh, which we're a part of number four. The Finest Hours, which is what I'd call my experience watching number three. Star Wars, episode seven, The Force Awakens, which got beat by number two. The Revenant, which is not a word that you will find in number one. Kung Fu Panda 3. I don't know. This one looked a little dark. I think there might be a revenant. Because, I mean, in the trailer, there was like an evil dude who came back from the dead. Oh, okay. So I, there, there kind of is a revenant. Well, I, def- I bet Panda they 3. don't say the word revenant. Yeah, that's true. And, and in fact, in the revenant, they don't say the word revenant. Is no. that a spoiler? I'm uh, sorry. No. I feel like that might be a spoiler. Really? I don't know. Uh, well, spoiler, uh, the revenant is the camera. <laughs> Not that's a okay, not him. That's a theory. Hey, 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 hey. We got theories. But I also want to make a formal apology to first you and the listeners for messing up the top ten. I think that's the first time I've done that. We've always done pretty good with yeah. just the two of us bouncing back and forth and on the top ten. I think it's because I'm a little under the weather. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I knew I was getting sick when it was three o'clock in the afternoon, and I was like, I'm really tired because <laughs> I'm not. I'm not like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm not. I'm not a person who drinks coffee. I'm not just someone who needs a pick-me-up. Usually I'm up all night. I can't get to sleep. I'm a night owl. Uh, and just this past weekend, it just hit me. So I think I'm going to say that I'm going to blame it on that. And I hope you forgive me. We'll see how this episode goes. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, big numbers from Kung Fu Panda. Holy crap. Mm-hmm. It, it, it made more than $28 million more than The Revenant. Mm-hmm. $41 million for the weekend and uh i mean it's it's interesting right because when we've complained about like shoddy box office numbers in the past it's because all of them are like less than five million mm-hmm. but i mean this is really strong you know we've got three other movies that are above 10 million and the rest are above five million so people are definitely going to see movies mm-hmm. but like you said earlier not necessarily the good ones yeah i mean it's also just um as our good friend matthew esposito calls it the silly season yeah it's where they're just release some films just because they can yeah uh yeah i i think i mean we got uh, it's also a typical lineup we have an animated children's film mm-hmm. we have some comedies we have a horror movie yeah you know we have star wars that should just always be in a top 10 from yeah, now on. there's a parody 
I mean, there's always going to be Star Wars in the top ten. Mm-hmm. That's just how it works. Mm-hmm. If uh, if next week Star Wars is not in there, I'm going to make it number eleven just because. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> no, it won't drop that far that quick. I know. I'm just kidding. That'd be crazy. <clears throat> oh, if it just dropped off the list next week, that'd be yeah. yeah, that would be insane. It should have like the longest tail. I mean, it's uh, it's about to break two billion worldwide, mm-hmm. and it's not even coming to DVD until like May, I think. Oh my goodness. So. Yeah, then they'll keep it in the theater for a while. Mm-hmm. And as a whole, I mean, oh, almost 120 million for the for the week. It's not bad. Do you think when by the time what is the uh, what is Batman v Superman that comes out in March? Yeah, I think by the time that comes out, it'll be off the top ten. I think. Man, I can't even think of what's I don't coming think out it, in between. Then, like nothing big. That's right? what I'm saying. Like that's the next big. I think thing, even though. I'm not sold on it, but you know. I'm not sold on it either. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not the general public, which apparently th- <laughs> loved Man of Steel. Oh so. my God. I think there's a lot of revisionist history where everyone was like, meh, on Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. And then as everyone is getting more and more excited for this one, mm-hmm. people have gone back and been like, hey, it's not that bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Superman has always been Jesus. Look, didn't you, look, don't you know? There are people saying that George Lucas didn't make a bad prequel trilogy. There's there, some, there's there some are weird so things going on out there. Many people online saying, "No, the prequels weren't that bad. They were actually really mm. good if you look at them for what they were, not what you wanted them to be." Mm. And I just, I don't get it. Mm. Uh, I don't get it. Uh, so I think Star Wars will be in the cheap theaters. Well, yeah. When, uh, but it won't be making enough to get the top ten, I don't think. No, no, no. It won't be in the top ten anymore, but I think it'll still be making money. I think it's mm-hmm. going to have a very long tail. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, enough, enough about what's in theaters. Mm. What can you get at home? Well, coming out new this week on DVD and Blu-ray, uh, we have Bridge of Spees. Yeah, which we saw and never I reviewed. I did not see. You never saw it? Mm. Well, you should have... It was in theaters. I I remember looking, and it was like in theaters for like two weeks. Yeah, it was the it was, weirdest. It thing. was when everything else was out at the same time. Yeah, and so it kind of got swept under for me, and now it's uh, it's still out there somewhere, and I'm mm-hmm. gonna probably try and track it down because it's nominated for a lot of stuff. Yep. Uh, and I feel bad for not seeing it when it was you know big and open. And, and that's new. that's Spielberg, right? Yeah, it's Spielberg. Yeah, it's Tom Hanks. Uh, I watched it, and I can definitely say it's Spielberg. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's you know that's coming out on DVD. Cool. So I'll find a way to watch it. And something we reviewed, right? In episode two forty eight, we reviewed the Last Witch Hunter. Very nice. Mm-hmm. And we did it on episode two forty eight. And you want to know how I knew that? How? How I was able to put that on there? You searched it. or I whatever? I searched Jeez. it, and it worked. You love that search bar. Oh my goodness, it worked, and I was like, ah, oh, yes. Okay. Uh, I I think we kind of liked it. Yeah. I think. There was like a weird, the ending was kind of weird, but right. if this sets it up for, you know, more, mm-hmm. I'll take it. Yeah. I'll take, uh, I'll take yeah, Vin I Diesel think, fighting witches or demons or something. I think we appreciated it for what it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, did you see that production still? Not even a production still. There was this behind the scenes picture where it's like Vin Diesel posing on a uh, dirt bike with a lady and it said the name of his character from Triple X. No, I don't. So they're making a new Triple X movie. Oh, I knew they were making a, tri- yeah, a new Triple X movie. Yeah, but that he's clearly, it's on a green screen, and the, the, the motorcycle's like up at this high angle, like he's jumping or doing a wheelie or something like that, yeah. and there's a model on the front mm-hmm. facing him, mm-hmm. so not even facing the same direction Perfect. as the motorcycle's going, yeah. and then he's got his foot up on the fender on the back, mm-hmm. and his other foot on the seat. 
That's amazing. And his other hand, in one of his hands, is holding the uh, the handlebars, and the other one's around the model. Yeah. And uh, I went, yeah, that's about right. That's uh, that's where we're going. Mm-hmm. So we'll take more Vin, D- Vin Diesel. Yeah, I don't mind. Anytime. Yeah, it's good stuff. All right. Here we go with the game that we play during this section. Oh, no. Uh, in, uh, with this DVD-only release, mm-hmm. uh, Jordan, I will give you some clues, and then you'll have to attempt to guess what this film is about. Now, the film is called Shelter. Oh, my goodness. Uh, you know, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know what's a good clue. Here's, I'll either give you, this is, I don't know if that any of that will be helpful. I'll either give you the two leads or the director. Two leads. Okay. And they're on the cover as well. They are, in fact, the two leads. Jennifer Connelly. Oh, my goodness. And Anthony Mackie in a film called Shelter. (sighs) New DVD-only release. What is this film about? Jordan. I have to say, I love Anthony Mackie. I never heard of this till right now. I, I like Jennifer Colling, saying I've never heard of this. Um, I'm going to have to say that it's a movie mm-hmm. about uh, two people who meet at a local, uh, not like AA, but uh, just a, you know, like a place, like at a at a public, like a YMCA type thing where people come and they talk about their problems and stuff like that. And it's just about these people and their lives and, and what they're dealing with. And, and, you know, two people, Anthony Mackie and Jennifer Conley find, uh, you know, friendship at a place like that, even though, uh, you know, they never thought they would, I guess. I don't know. Not a lot to go on. All right. And, and I should have, in fact, this, I think, I don't know if this, this wouldn't have helped really, but the director was also the writer. Oh. And, You'll know him because he's married to Jennifer Connelly, Paul uh, Bettany. Oh. Wrote and directed this film. What? And uh, here's the description. You're blowing my mind right now. Hannah and Tahir fall in love while homeless on the streets of New York. Oh, I Shelter almost explores how they got there. said that. And as we learn about their past, we realize they need each other to build a future. I almost said that. It's kind of wild. I was like, it's not going to be super obvious and just have the name of... of an important thing in there, but no, it does. Uh-huh. Damn. I figured that the two leads would throw you because yeah. it's, that's such a, uh, an odd pairing seemingly. <laughs> well, yeah, no, it's about, uh, um, it's a Marvel movie mm-hmm. and it's about his background yeah. and uh, how he used to be homeless before he became, he was homeless in, before he was a vet or he was, came back from being a vet and he was homeless for a little bit. He was homeless for a little bit. Oh, and wow. then he became a part of the, uh, wow. Avengers Initiative. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how they got him off the streets. That's a real. I like that a lot. Yeah. Is that? Am I the only one hearing that noise? No, I heard it a couple times, but I don't know where it's coming from. Okay. I don't know if I should be worried or not. Yeah. It sounds uh, like the music that came from the Aliens and War of the Worlds, but it, we're fine. Are we? We're fine. <laughs> are we really? <laughs> uh, hearing weird music. Anyway, I'll investigate that when we take our break. But first, on, <laughs> coming up on uh, TV, it was a six-part miniseries on HBO, mm-hmm. Show Me a Hero, starring Oscar Isaac. And I'm going to say, Jordan, you did not watch any of this. I did not watch any of this. Okay. And I'm bummed because I love Oscar Isaac. And this sounds really interesting. All right. 
the Yonkers mayor uh, takes office in 1987 and has to deal with serious subject to the building of uh, public housing in uh, white middle class side of town. And Oscar Isaacs looks like he's from the 80s. It mm-hmm. looks very nice. I love his mustache. All right, so that's our new releases on DVD and Blu-ray. Uh, if you want to check those out, go to your local video store. Uh, when we come back, uh, we will be reviewing Jane Got a Gun. If we come back. Hi, I'm Brendan Creasy. And I'm Phil Vecchio. And we are the hosts of Radio Brendo Man on the Benview Network. We talk about all kinds of stuff on our podcast. Like what? Like toys and movies and video games and books. And other stuff, poo. Talk about poo. Definitely talk about poo. And you, if you, if that sounds cool to you, and we talk about it every week, go to radiobrendo.com or go to our page on benvnetwork.com. And yeah, thanks a lot. Snake slithers out into sight. Bishop boys are coming for you. You don't need a gunslinger. You need a goddamn regiment. Go back to that little house and best tell it to your husband. He's in rough shape. It's not worth your life, Jane. My life's worth isn't your concern. Hasn't been for years. How many might they be? Used to be more than a dozen of them. Minus one. Safe, would you? I've been running my whole life. I gotta put my face to it. So the Bishop boys are all very big and fat. You are such a prick. The prick just come to protect you and your piece of shit husband. You don't know the first thing about him. But I know that he's a criminal. He's worth two thousand. I would be happy to double that if you saw fit to bring Hammond back here. You're fixing to make the very big jump, my friend. I will kill you. Got enough firepower here to start another war. Let the sun shine on your story. Not much sun in my story. I may be an outlaw, but I don't kill little children. Where is my daughter? Yeah, but Jane, if I tell you that, what am I left with? Where? Yes. My child! Jane Got a Gun. It's a movie. It was directed by Gavin O'Connor, written by, here's a laundry list of people, Brian Duffield, Anthony Tembakis, and look at this, Joel Edgerton. Yep. Part of that writing team. Yep. That's interesting. Or is it? Uh, so this is a Western starring Natalie Portman, Joel Edgerton, Ewan McGregor. I saw on the, on the credits Rodrigo Santoro, and I could not tell you who he was in the film. Yep. And I know who that actor is and kind of like him and could not pick him out of, if you lined up all the characters. I really like the poster for this movie. I just want to put that out there. Is it? What is it? Oh, that one? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a that's an alright poster. Yeah, that's a cool poster. Uh, so it's a western about a woman who has to defend her family uh, uh, in order to save her husband or something. I don't I don't even know how to describe this film. I'm sorry. Well, it's the guy in the alleyway. Is, is that, he? That is that dude alleyway yeah. guy? Uh-huh. How weird. Yeah, that's a weird one. Mm-hmm. That's a head scratcher. Yeah. I kind of remember this movie had a lot of trouble getting made. I did not know that. I uh, can't remember why though. Yeah, I'm not finding... I mean, the trivia's probably here somewhere. Good Lord, some of these casting things were, are mix-ups. Bradley Cooper was going to be the villain before Ian McGregor. And really? Michael Fassbender was going to be uh, Joel Edgerton's role, but he left. Huh. Oh, and the director changed. That was the big mix-up. Huh. They, wow. they changed directors. It was, uh, it was Lynn Ramsey was uh, going to direct it, and then, then she left. Yeah, here it is. She quit. Okay, I just want to get this out of the way. Ramsey quit production on the on Jane Got a Gun uh, prior to the first day of shooting, following a three day standoff with the producer financier Scott Steindorf in March of 2013. That's wow. yeah, that was how long it took to make. She complained about alleged fraudulent behavior of the producer, and uh, mainly trying to force upon her. Oh, he was complaining. Uh, she was complaining that he was trying to force upon her an impossible schedule at the last minute while denying her final cut. <clears throat> wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is drama. Lots of crazy stuff. But I know um, Natalie Portman was attached the whole time. That's cool. What? Joel Edgerton was in Star Wars? Hold on. I've got a lot going on here. Sorry. Are you okay? This trivia is really getting to me. Sorry, one of these trivia pieces says that Joel Edgerton previously starred with Natalie Portman and Ewan McGregor in Star Wars Episodes 2 and 3. And I don't remember that. He was Owen Lars. What? He's Uncle Owen. What? That's fucking weird. I already thought it was weird enough that Natalie Portman and Ewan McGregor were in a film together. He was in Episode 2 and 3 as Uncle Owen. That's Was he a starfighter? Was he in a, a ship? Owen Lars. See, I don't remember half of the. No, he's Uncle shit. Owen. Yeah, but like, what was Uncle Owen? Do? He was just hanging out at. He he and 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 uh, Shmi were just hanging out. Wasn't that her name? Mm. <laughs> did we did we had this discussion before about how the names in the Star Wars prequels were more ridiculous? Yeah, they were insane. Um, let's talk about Jane Got a Gun because mm-hmm. that's what we're supposed to review. It's a western through and through, very much so, hundred percent a western all the way. Um. Even to the point of, uh, there's a part where she s- s- rides up into a town, and just it hits all the western marks. Oh yeah, let's but, show you all. Let's show you the tiny church to show how much yeah. God has not is is not a part of this place. And this although it's, ruined church, it's kind of foreshadowing. They they like let's linger on a prostitute hanging out on a balcony. Yeah. And but the funny thing is, I love a good western, mm-hmm. and just this kind of annoyed me. How t- yeah. like so typical it was. It wasn't trying to do anything more than be a Western. Also, am I crazy? Or was there a trailer that either I or both of us saw where it, like Natalie Portman's character was like a badass, and yeah. then this movie, she's not. She's not. She's not. And I'm like, I don't know what happened between that trailer and this movie, but something is different. <clears throat> I think the trailer tried to show a different story. Yeah. Um like, hey, look at this badass chick. You know, she's going to defend her home. But no, in the movie, she just 
finds her ex yeah. fiance and says, "Hey, help me defend help. this place." Uh, and another kind of really crazy thing is that this film relied so much on flashbacks. Uh, and the, that was my second point. Yeah, the flashback movie is it was what I called this. So much on flashbacks to the point where it was like you pretty much knew nothing at the beginning, and then just through flashbacks, you slowly get it, it gives you just a, a teeny, trickle a teeny of information, bit, teeny little bit, and and. I'm going to be on. I thought Jane was the bad guy mm-hmm. up until the last flashback because of just the fact that it was like she got taken in by these people and it seemed mm-hmm. like everything was going good. And it was like, why would she leave a man and her child? Mm-hmm. Like, what happened here? Yeah. She must be a bad person. Mm-hmm. And then the last flashback, it's like, okay, I guess she's not that bad of a person, whatever. Yeah. But it's like, that's, it's still pretty crazy. Like, I was mm-hmm. like, was she. Is she the bad guy all along? Yeah, it just felt like, I don't know, this could have been, if you'd taken all those flashbacks and put them at the beginning, mm-hmm. and then just like had the story of her life before, and then had like the middle where all the bad stuff happened to her, mm-hmm. right? And then you didn't know, and then the movie kept going afterwards, mm-hmm. and then you had one flashback showing why her life changed. Yeah. And why there was this big disconnect between the beginning and the and the end of the movie? Yeah, yeah. I think that would have been more interesting. Yeah, definitely. Instead, I felt like a lot of the times I was like, "Wait, wait, where are we right now? Mm-hmm. Are we are we in modern? Or are we not?" And the only reason I was sure of where I was yeah. is because if we were in the flashback, everything was daytime. Yeah, and if we were in the present, everything was nighttime. Yeah, and that was it. Yeah, that pretty much works. Uh-huh. Yeah, I definitely feel like they could have edited it down to where the flashbacks happened like more all at once, yeah. like rather than scattered. And or just uh, someone looks at a at a shovel and goes, "Oh wait, that shovel reminds me of." That's what it felt like every <laughs> That's time. Definitely what it was every it felt, time. It felt like an adventure game on PC. Yes, where you're like walking through this house and you look at a pen and then you're like. I remember that time that ma- mom was writing a check to the school, and that like changed my life. That's what it felt like. That's exactly. They what were it was. walking around this homestead, and any time they looked at anything, mm-hmm. you'd get a flashback, mm-hmm. and you're just like. I think one of the definitely there was one flashback that was uh, like emotionally rooted, uh-huh. where seeing someone's reaction to it was interesting. Yeah, when they you were talking, talking on the second floor. Yeah. That was that was a beautiful scene. That was good. That was incredible. And then the rest of it was just kind of like, like, when you like watch, you're saying. Like, yeah. I saw a shovel and went, oh, remember that time I dug a hole? <laughs> when you watch that, you're like, okay, no, this is the way you do a flashback. Yeah. This is interesting. I'm seeing actual character characters react to things, mm-hmm. and I feel for them. I really feel for this person and what he's going through when he finds out this information. Mm-hmm. But all the rest of them, they're just like, okay, well... I guess you thought it was easier to spend all this money recording these scenes and doing all this stuff and intersplacing them into the movie when you could have just brought it up in dialogue. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There was a lot of showing mm-hmm. when it was inserting those shows into the story and just destroying the pacing. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, at least I thought Ewan McGregor probably had the best performance he was here, fantastic right? <laughs> yeah because it's like he the, was, you know they say the trick to playing a villain is don't play it like a villain yeah and he's really not yeah he's really just like he's just making deals uh-huh. he's just running his gang the the whole point is like he's not evil mm-hmm. he's just a businessman and sees everything as a commodity yeah including people mm-hmm. yeah that's it yeah that's 
Yeah. I don't know. It's uh, but yeah, but I mean, performance. Natalie Portman was kind of like, meh. Right? I mean, she was good, but she, she didn't have a lot of lot to do. Yeah, I mean, Joel she Edgerton. Just, I feel like he gave himself more lines because he oh, was the man. writer. He was so chatty. He did some writing on it. He's so chatty, and, and I, I get, liked I liked his lines. He hmm. had good stuff to say, but it was just like, wow, man, this is this is a little heavy on one side. Yeah, I I I, I mean, at least. From the way that this movie, I felt like it was pitched in the trailer and mm-hmm. all that. It just felt like he should have been the least important character. And he came out to be maybe the most important. Yeah, he should have been back up. And yeah. instead, he's he's the he's the force. Yeah. He's the one protecting everybody. Yeah. When the trailers were like, no, watch this badass woman defend her home. And that's not what we got. Yeah, it's called Jane Got a Gun. And not she Jane, shoots. Not Jane got a friend with a gun. She shoots a bullet. She shoots a gun twice in the entire film. Uh, hmm. twice. Well, a she, couple more times. Well, all right. She kills two people. She in probably the, gets some people in that battle. Oh, see, I always felt like they were shooting the things that make him explode, and not. Oh, they did that, and then there was a there was like that whole tense. Was he shooting? Was he the only one shooting in the house at that point? No, she no, shot, she at least shot one twice, time. but. She wasn't done fighting until he came over and killed him. Well, sure. So I'm trying to get more information on whether or not... Um, I'm just talking about, like, single-handedly, mm-hmm. she only took care of two people. I guess that's... I mean, confirmed true. I guess that's confirmed true. Yeah. I feel like she shot a couple of bullets out of the house. I agree. Yep. But I'm, we, we don't know if those actually mm-hmm. got some people's. Yep. I don't remember what I was trying to... Oh, I was trying to see if, like, what exactly this title was referencing the you, Aerosmith song, right? Am I, am that's, I crazy? That's all I can come up with because wasn't there, I mean, there's, um, uh, Annie Oakley is like a famous name of a mm-hmm. female gunslinger, but yeah, this is Jane. Like, this is so weird, right? This is a play on an Aerosmith song. That's so weird to me. Well, people will use anything to try and advertise. Yeah. 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 Anyway, I, I don't know what else to say before. I mean, besides uh, saving stuff for discussion. Yeah, it's not a bad. It's not a bad movie. Just I feel like the pacing's poor. It's very typical. Yeah. Oh, and I I feel like this is uh, Hollywood nepotism at the best. Uh, Joel Edgerton's brother, isn't mm-hmm. it? Nash Edgerton. He's he has a bit role in there somewhere. Oh, well, there you go. So, there you go. Get a famous brother, and you'll get in there somewhere. Yeah. Uh, That's how it works. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I'd recommend this movie, though. I don't uh, think you should go out to the theater and see it. It's not urgent. No. It's, I don't think it has anything interesting to say. Nope. Uh, there's that one good scene that we just talked about yep. with the flashback. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ewan McGregor's an interesting villain, but mm-hmm. pre- maybe too interesting for this movie. Yep. And then you were you were referencing the explosion scene. That scene's cool. But that scene's way cool. Also feels out of place. Really weird. Yeah. Because I saw him dig one trench. And there was a whole lot of explosions. I mean, it was, I feel like it was implied that he dug a, a whole bunch, bunch more. Yeah. At the same time, I was kind of like, how would that work? And yeah. then it did? I guess. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that was. Uh, this might be our quickest review. And maybe it'll be a super long discussion. We'll so see. Come back at the end of the show for the discussion. Let's talk about what's coming out new in theaters. It's a bunch of movies. Hail Caesar! Yeah, I think we're both excited for this one. I, yeah, I yeah. I can't wait. I can't believe it's a February release. Every single time I've seen that trailer, 
uh, and I'm with someone new who hasn't seen the trailer before, I just look at him and they're like, oh, that looks really good. And I was like, yes, it does. It does look really good. I know this sounds screwy, sir, uh-huh. but the future is calling. <laughs> uh, that's that's going to be a favorite of mine for a long oh, time. Oh, man. That, just that line. That line is so good. <clears throat> uh, also coming out this weekend, uh, we have The Choice. Mm-hmm. We have Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Uh, I'm be watching that movie. <laughs> sure, whatever. Uh, in limited release, Regression. And in limited release, Tumble Down. Before we play Guess the Ending, let's give out some thanks, starting with uh, a silent partner who did our theme song, Sophomore Makeout, which we got from the YouTube Audio Library. That's youtube.com slash audio library i'm gonna have to look them up again because i remember we played that uh what was it was it a funky song funky. jazzy song funky it was under the funky mood it was under the funky mood yeah yeah i might have to check that out uh-huh. uh our logo was uh, designed and created by justin Kizon. he is a writer at agents of guard that's agents of uh another podcast that i do uh with matt benson Pick your bath. shut up leonard oh i'm just gonna get one last shut up leonard yeah, out there I was, I was like what uh, it's. I mean, shut up, Leonard is is closing its door. Uh, it's it's just locking one of the locks. Uh, we'll, we'll, we're not we're not shutting down forever, but you know. Oh, okay. Look, if a community movie comes out, yeah, we're ready. Oh no, I know you are. Uh, or or something else big, community related. Mm-hmm. We're there. Community, the TV show created by Dan Harmon, who we interviewed in one of our final episodes of Shut Up Leonard. Shutupleonard.com. Uh, it's a great podcast. Go check it out. Uh, we also write a podcast called Pick Your Path, yep. which is a Choose Your Own Adventure style enhanced podcast where you, the listener, get to make choices uh, by picking chapters, much like an audiobook. Uh, it's a fun time. Uh, that's written by myself, Matt Benson, and David King. Uh, so go check that out, benviewnetwork.com slash PYP. Uh, if Tom is here, tell you about optograb.org and readwave.com. Nope, that one's dead. Uh, check out his <laughs> short stories on Amazon Smashwords. I got to update these links. Uh, and before I throw it to you, Jordan, I just wanted to note, uh, uh, according to Facebook, six years ago, Nerds Eye View began. Oh my as, gosh, I saw that. As a, as a webcast uh, at Cypress College, and here it is now. Oh my goodness. Stronger than ever. Yep. Different formats entirely. Hey, uh, it's but still great. We're still going. I yeah. can't believe it. It's been a, it's been a journey. It's still going. Cool. Benview Network, s- strong 2015, 2015 2016 uh, building bridges 2016 <laughs> let's keep it going jordan what do you got i do streaming for a website uh called gamers all weekly and on saturdays i stream over at twitch.tv backslash gamers all weekly i'm actually playing a new game called xcom 2 which is coming out on the 5th and i'll be streaming it on saturday i'm not even sure the time but follow ga weekly on twitter and there'll be an update as to when i'll be playing that game and my uh, big dumb face will be on screen so you should come and say hi because you get to see what i look like wow yeah uh you should check out all the other podcasts on the benview network uh as i've already mentioned shut up leonard pick your path we also have uh star wars nerds unite there's so many we also have uh popsicles we also have radio brenda man uh and here's a, a an exclusive uh coming soon to the benview network uh, they already have a couple episodes out uh, on their own. Uh, Phil from uh, Radio Brendo Man and his wife Janelle are doing a podcast called Mandarian Oranges. Oh, what's this? Uh, I I don't know if they have a description yet, but it's uh, I listened to some <coughs> of the first episode and it's just fun to hear them talk. They have some crazy stories, uh, you know. 
So uh, go check that out. Uh, I'm sure it'll be on the website very soon. Uh, and what else do I say right now? Oh, go check out anyvpodcast.com. That's our personal website. Email us, anyvpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, find us on Twitter at anyvpodcast. My personal Twitter is at podcasterandrew. And I'm at truevalk. And now it's time for Guess the Ending. You'll never guess how it ends. Whee! Uh, what am I doing? Why can't I find it on the document? Wow. Yeah, I believe in you. It's like all the words can, are running together. I'm doing do the it. choice. Yep. I made that choice to do the choice. <clears throat> it's directed by Ross Katz, I believe uh, r- related to Dr. Katz of the cartoon. Um, starring Benjamin Walker, Teresa Palmer, Alexander Daddario, and Maggie Grace. I appreciate that there might have been two people out there who got that joke. <laughs> uh, here's the description of the choice. Travis and Gabby first meet as neighbors in a small coastal town and wind up in a relationship that is tested by life's most defining events. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, so they're neighbors. One of them, when they meet, is married. The other is in a long-distance relationship. Uh, but they start as friends. But then slowly, they become more than friends. And then we find out that the, the marriage has fallen apart the long-distance relationship uh, is also falling apart. Mm, no. Uh, and then they have to also deal with uh, other various life-defining events. One, one of each of them loses an important family member. Oh, no. Uh, a parent and, uh, let's say, an uncle. Uh, they, you know, one of them, their, their animal dies. It's not, really sad, which not. is extra sad because the other one is a veterinarian and, and they, they experience that death together. Wow. Yeah. And is it Uncle Owen that dies? Uh, yeah, of course. And uh, basically, they just eventually they realize, you know, well, what are we doing? We've known each other all this time. Mm-hmm. We've gone through all this together. We can do this. And then um, right before they get married, uh, it's, they've been on a coastal town. That's uh-huh. a hurricane what? comes in. A big stormy hurricane. Is it? Is it? Is it one of those finest hours? Oh, yeah. And uh, here's the thing. The choice, uh-huh. the choice that has to be made is mm-hmm. which one of them will survive the hurricane because they have a very small shelter which one of them can get into. That's poor planning. It's like such poor planning. <laughs> Please. Uh, these movies are based on poor planning. Let's put it that way. And uh, I mean, I'm going to tell you the ending right now. They decide neither of them will get into the shelter. Mm-hmm. They will both die together. Yeah. And then actually they survive. Yep. Yeah. Because their love is strong. Yeah, of course. And they float on a couch. I mean, it's yeah. like it's, it wasn't Well, it's it, love equals buoyancy. We all know that. <laughs> <laughs> I like that science yeah. equation. Yeah. Love, just love equals buoyancy. Right. Yeah. That's how it works. That's good stuff. The more love you have, the more buoyant you are. So anyway, that's that film. Good luck. <laughs> What are you going to do, Jordan? I'm doing Tumble Down. Oh, right. Directed by Sean uh, Mushaw, uh, which is a special type of Pokemon, <laughs> and starring Rebecca Hall, Joe... What uh, kind of, what's Magliano? the best Pokeball to use to catch a Mushaw? Uh, that would be a Master Ball. Oh, okay. Yep. But be careful. You know, don't Master Ball around your uh, good good master, okay. Master Bates. Uh, Diana... Agron and Jason Sudeikis. A young woman struggles to move on with her life 
after the death of her husband, an acclaimed folk singer, when a brash New York writer forces her to confront her loss and the ambiguous circumstances of her death. All right, his death, actually. My bad. Uh, so this starts off as one of those uh, kind of like how I guess what the shelter would be about. Um, she's a part of a uh, like a survivor's group, uh, but the problem is... is uh, she, uh, like, when they say that she moved on with her life, she actually had to move because there was so much uh, publicity around her husband's death that she had to she had to get away from it all, and she joins an anonymous uh, survivor group. And that's when this uh, New York writer f- uh, finds her, and uh, he ends up, and stay with me here. Okay. The writer... Uh, job is just a cover. Oh. He's actually a time cop, and Whoa. Uh, her husband was uh, a folk singer. But the reason why he got his folk singing uh, abilities is because he was actually from like the twenties, and uh, he uh, he had paid someone to transport him into the future. And uh, the reason why the circumstances around his death are so crazy is because the person who he paid, uh, you know, look, sometimes you can't pay people back. And the worst kind of person that uh, you can you can piss off is someone who can travel through time. So uh, he, he tells her that, hey, the reason why it's so ambiguous is because your husband's not actually dead. Right? There's some millennium shit going on where they took the live people out of the planes and put in dead people, that type of thing, but with your husband. So we're going to go through time, and we're going to find your husband because they've got him somewhere, and we're going to figure this out. Mm. And uh, they just they just keep jumping through time. First, they go back to the 20s where he's from, and it's this cute little thing where she like goes to the hometown where he was born, and she finds his relatives and the people who knew him, and you know she kind of gets this whole backstory. But uh, eventually, they find him, and they find out that the folk singer is not actually from the 20s, that he was always the time-traveling guy, mm-hmm. and that he was just jumping around, and whenever he felt like he had spent too long in one place, he would just time-travel somewhere else wow. and fake his death. So, And the time, time cop arrests him uh, and then gives her a nice backstory of why she was gone for so long. I mean, even though it was only a night, yeah. uh, he gives her like evidence to prove that she didn't have any wrongdoing in her husband's death so wow and then she he flashes her like an mib so she doesn't remember yeah because how could you live with the knowledge yeah with the the neuralizer of course yeah Yeah. wow and that was tumble down get it tumble down the rabbit hole Uh, i get it yeah i'm there with Uh you yeah uh so now we can end the guessing uh and with that end this episode Uh, Thank you so much for listening. Remember, if you stick around after our little theme song, you'll get our discussion segment where we go deeper into the film, into Jane Got a Gun. you got to let me know if we spent more time discussing it than we did. Oh, I'm certain we did. Yeah. 100% certain. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, anyway, uh, next week we'll be reviewing Hail Caesar. Oh, yes, we will. I'll hopefully have a special guest for us. Yeah, we'll find somebody. We'll find somebody. And uh, this has been episode 261 of Nerds I View. I'm Andrew. I'm Jordan. And remember, listeners, if a suited dude says, yeah, there's room for you on this trek to the West, don't believe you and McGregor.
Because some people, you put a mic in front of them and they don't know what to do. They clam up? Yeah. All right, so it had a happy ending. Yeah. That was bad, right? That was like, what? That was like the worst. It was like... What? My, the, the, the scene that we loved involved the reveal that the child was dead. <clears throat> yes. That, well, I mean, first of all, they had a child, yep. which he didn't know. He had no idea. Joel Edgerton's We knew, character. though. Oh, we, of course, knew. From the very it. beginning. We saw it. Right. Yeah. We saw that, that uh, it was so, a girl, right? So we don't know. Yeah. So, uh, but I... Blonde-haired I, daughter. I, I think we didn't know that he didn't know until yeah. later anyway, because there's a weird moment early on where he, she goes to him and he says, I uh, told you last time, go leave or whatever. Well, he also says something like, um, like, what am I supposed to feel when I see you raising another man's child? Yeah. And I was like, oh, so something happened to their child, but he knows. Mm-hmm. And then later on, we find out he didn't know. Yep. So it was, it was such a weird wording mm-hmm. earlier. Yep. I mean, I get the idea, but mm-hmm. I feel like they conveyed it badly. Right. And like so, the flashbacks were almost in a weird order. Yeah. Uh, we weren't given the flashbacks in in the right order either. No. Like we're given the flashbacks in a weird order. In the, the weirdest order. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the... What was I saying? So the child, we find out that somehow the child wasn't dead. It was mm-hmm. like a trick played yeah. by... Ewan McGregor's character's brother. Yeah, who, uh, who's who got a sick sense of humor. Yeah, well, got him killed, so. Yeah. <laughs> Good job, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Eli? Wall- yeah, Willow? Whatever his whatever name Whatever his stupid yeah. name was. Uh-huh. Um, and, and then... It was Vic. Vic. Yep. And then... Uh, what's his name? Uh, Colton something? I, don't I was just looking at these names. And Hamilton right, or whatever gone his name Right is? out of my head. You're talking about the Colin, fur trader? Colin McCann. No, the Ian McGregor's character. Oh, yeah. When he's, when, I do kind of enjoy when Jane has him at gunpoint and she says, you think I'm going to kill you when, when you, I think of what you did to my child, killing you didn't even make the list. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's a good line. That's a good line. Why couldn't that have been like, yeah, bet, like this could have really worked out into something awesome. Yeah. Uh, and then she like, it, it, to me, okay, here we go. I've been playing a lot of Fallout 4. Okay. Fallout 4 is a great All right, game. All right, here we go. Those who don't know. Mm-hmm. And there's a fun thing that you can do in Fallout 4 uh, where basically it's it kind of slows down the game and you can auto you can target Specific body parts. Specific places, yeah. Specific body parts. Mm-hmm. And in, in that scene where what she does is basically when, when I'm mad at a raider, when I'm mm-hmm. mad at a bad guy in this video game, I'll go into vats and with a certain gun that can hit a lot of targets, mm-hmm. I get each of their legs and each of their arms and that's what she did and i loved it yep because she she just go she just gets him on the ground and chases him like and just shoots each into like each quadrant of his body i understand that this was close range yeah but the movie sets up earlier that she is horrible with the pistol it's true and but she's fantastic with the rifle rifle, yeah and even at close range there's still a high probability she accidentally shoots him in the chest or the head exactly yeah, you know, center body mass. Mm. So at that point, I'm just like, no, I know you can't do this. 
Like, yes, this is an empowering scene. Empowering scene. Yes, you're being badass and you're righteous in your anger and fuck yeah. But at the same time, I'm going, Sh- what? Like, uh, there's that movie called uh, The Quick and the Dead mm. with Russell Crowe oh, yeah. and a bunch of other people. Yeah, Leo. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Come on. There's a bunch of good people yeah. in that. And um, the, one of the famous scenes in that is that uh, a little girl has a chance to uh, shoot her father down. He's being hanged. Yeah. And she has a chance to shoot him down. And instead, she accidentally kills him. Yeah. And that's all I could think of mm-hmm. in this scene. Yes, she's not a little girl. She's a grown adult. But the film has already set up that she is horrible with a pistol. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I guess I didn't just, think of that. But it's just weird yeah. inconsistencies like that that that's stand true. out. Um, and then, the, but the crazy thing is, so when it comes down to it, he says, oh, your, your daughter's alive. Uh-huh. Uh, and then he's like, well, what, you know, if I tell you where she is, then I have nothing. And she's like, yeah, you got nothing. And then she comes at him with the gun. And then the last thing he says before she kills him is like, you know, uh, they all missed you back at that town. Uh-huh. So it's like, is that the same town that she yes. went to earlier somehow? She yes. never noticed that she's, her daughter She's adjacent there? Adjacent to a town <laughs> yeah. where her daughter has been this entire Close time. Close enough that it's like less than a day's ride yeah. from her secluded, you know, uh, up, up against a ridge farm house. place. Yeah. Yep. And and she's never noticed in all her times going there to trade, to do whatever. I guess they never go down there. Or maybe her her husband did and he didn't know what exactly that girl. No, he met that girl. Yeah. This is like that was so ridiculous to me cuz uh-huh. she knew exactly what house to go like yep. or she went into the bar and said, "Hey, do you know this girl?" And they they said, "Hey, yeah, over there." Like I mean, she knew exact she somehow fi- found her daughter. It has to be <laughs> it has to be a different town altogether because when we first see Ewan McGregor's character mm-hmm. in the present, not in one of the flashbacks, yeah. is he's torturing this dude for information. Oh, that's true. And he's saying, where, do you know where they live? Yeah. All this stuff like that. So that has to be someone who's a part of that town. Mm-hmm. So the, the brothel that she gets a view at earlier is just a reminder of her past, not the same brothel. Okay. But the fact that she, that's where she was when she was kidnapped and forced yeah. to work there, mm-hmm. she knows where it is. Okay. But it's just. But it's still like close. We're not. We're that not like, giving. We're not given any idea of distance or time or anything. Yeah, because I thought like I was. I was when he said that she was still alive and that she has to go find her. I was ready. I was buckling up for like okay, here's another twenty minutes of mm-hmm. having to go find the daughter and then no, no instant. Yeah, it's Instantly just montage. Yeah. It's just montage towards the end and of the. Credits. I wouldn't even call it a montage. It was just like they ride into a town. They go out a door. There's the daughter. Yep. And didn't even need to ride in the town. Could have uh, rode around to the back of the town and just seen her. <laughs> yeah, and the daughter like instantly recognizes the yep. mother. Everything's great. We're good to go. Yeah, and it's just and like no matter who this girl was living with, I guess we're taking her now. And look, here we go. Here's the other thing: is I feel bad even saying this. Mm-hmm. I just want to put this out there. This is not how I wanted it to go. But up to this point, the film has established this world to be cruel and just devoid of. Like good people, right? Mm -hmm. According to the way this world is set up, her daughter should have not been just cleaning clothes. Yeah. I especially when he said they missed you. Yeah. I thought, oh shit. Like this is I wasn't ready for this. Yeah. This is gonna this is gonna get real dark. No, she's just she just helps people clean clothes. Yeah, she's not in the same place where her mother was in the flashback. She's just a cleaning maid or whatever. Like that's that's crazy. That was crazy to me. Yeah, that she's like, just oh, that fine. worked out really well. She's just totally cool. Yeah, everything's no. She's not traumatized at all. Everything's yeah. 
And it's like great. somehow these these criminals knew a good family to put her with. Yeah. Okay. That doesn't make any sense. At, but at the same time, <laughs> that like confirms our idea of the fact that uh, Colin McCain is not an evil person. Yeah. He's just methodical. He's just utilitarian. He just sees commodities and uses them. Mm-hmm. And then he's not like he says, I wouldn't kill a child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that makes him a more like he's too good of a villain for this movie. Yeah. Yeah. He's a great villain. He's a villain like that I would see in like Three Tin to Yuma. Oh, sure. You know, a movie like that. He's that well of a well rounded character. Yeah. He should have been with Ben Foster in that gang. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, Russell Crowe. Yeah. As you mentioned before. Right. He's in a lot of westerns. I, I don't have a problem with that. Um, yeah. And then. Oh, what was I just thinking of? So, oh, so, and the final, uh, when she goes up to the wall and she takes down all those wanted posters mm-hmm. of all the men that she's going to turn in, mm-hmm. but then not her husband. Yep. What do you, I mean, I guess, I guess she really cared about him, right? Yeah. I mean, he saved her from that horrible life. Yeah. I still feel she, like she's, I don't know. I, I also felt like there Her wasn't enough... whole impetus for leaving is just messed up. There, like There wasn't enough information for me to understand. Uh, so after the war, the fiancé... So the war, a, the war in, was ended... Was a prisoner? Yeah. For a couple of years? Yeah, from, the, from the sounds of it, the war was two years long. He was gone three years. Uh-huh. That's what I've gleamed from the freaking talk he was like he was like i came back months later and she was like it was years and yeah. it was like well, I, I don't understand how two people can have different understandings of times like that I didn't mean, make a lot of sense to me for for the way i saw it uh she the war was still going right mm-hmm. everyone where she lived there were widows there were dead bodies in the street mm-hmm. she just wanted to get away and she hadn't heard from him in months or years mm-hmm. And when we find out that he was in a prison camp, that explains why no letters got through. And he was there all the way until the end of the war. Mm -hmm. So for him, he left the prison camp and then it just took him a couple months to get back after the war had ended. And she she left, no matter what she said in the film, in order for the timeline to work, she had to leave before the, the war was over. Yeah, that's crazy. And he's like, if I was dead, you would have seen my name in the post office. And she responds with, well, then why wasn't there a letter at that same post office? Mm -hmm. Well, and also, how was she not just shunned from all of society? Yeah. For having a child... Out of wedlock. Out of... I mean, no matter that... I mean, he was a soldier, sure. And they were engaged, but still. Yeah. At the time, like, that's not how it was done. Usually, if someone goes to war, they get... They used to get married before they went to war. Yeah. Because it, 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 it made it so all of his pay would go to her yep. and they'd be supported. Yep. I don't know. There's, yeah, there's a lot of funny business. There's a lot of decisions that didn't make sense mm-hmm. in the flashbacks. Mm-hmm. Like, there was no reason why she should have gone west. Well, it just seems like the flashbacks were trying to justify what we were seeing and justify telling a good story. And justify her actions. Yeah. When... I agree with you, up until those last couple flashbacks, yeah, I knew she wasn't a bad parent. Yeah, I, I never got the fact that she abandoned a child or well, anything. I felt like the, I kind of had the feeling the first child died. Yeah. But, so did I. Yeah. And, but you just didn't know how. No. And, but I never really got the feeling of like, she made the right decision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that sucks to have a character that, 
I mean, it's called Jane Got a Gun. The film's supposed to be about her, mm-hmm. and I never really, A, felt like she was badass, which is what the trailer was telling Except us. Except for in that first scene when she puts on her gun shooting outfit, and yeah. I was like, oh, she has a gun shooting outfit. Yeah, she looks great. And then she gets out there and just fails instantly. Yeah. Crazy. And and I, I thought that scene in the alley with uh, Rodrigo mm. was going to was gonna turn into her, was going to be the time where it was like, no, she's feigning weakness. Because she's gonna show how badass she is. Yeah. But no, she just gets shaved. She just gets saved. Yeah. And the only reason she kills the guy is because he's distracted. He's distracted by the man saving her. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and that just told me at that point I was like, well, no, she's not gonna be a strong character now. No. And that sucks. Yep. And and based on that, and plus the fact that the flashbacks never give me a good idea and a good impetus for the reason she the decisions she made, like, it's just hard to, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, well. Yeah. Don't go see this in the theater. Yeah. Not all movies are winners. Yeah. Uh, Not all movies are losers either. It's just, uh, this one just does what it wants and says goodbye. I had a thought while watching this movie that I've never had before during a movie. Okay. Right? After a film, because of the classes I took in, in college uh, about film, mm-hmm. I, I'm always, and, and about art in general, really, is you look at a, a piece of art, whether it's film, uh, a book, a painting, whatever, mm-hmm. and you ask yourself, all right, well, what is this adding to the lexicon of that art? Mm-hmm. Like, what is this bringing to it? Mm-hmm. If, it's, if it's just a rehash of something else, then it's not worthy of being added to the lexicon. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be ignored and passed over because other things have done that better. And this applies for everything. Yeah, yeah. Right? And I got about halfway through this film and went, this is doing nothing new or interesting. Mm-hmm. This is adding nothing yeah. to the film genre. Right? Mm-hmm. So in the end, it doesn't matter how enjoyable or not enjoyable it is. Like, it's just, I don't know. It just, it's a bummer. You know, because people people spent their time and their money and a whole bunch of other things on making this 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 film and for two people to just like we're doing, review it and go, meh. Yeah. Like that sucks. Like I feel bad for that. Like Natalie Portman, come on. Make some movies. Mm-hmm. But I'm happy I mean, I'm liking Joel Ed- Edgerton more and more the more stuff I see him in. Sure. But he also wrote the shit out of his own character, so <laughs> maybe I'm enjoying his writing more than I'm liking his acting. That's interesting. Is he going to be like, uh, oh, what's that guy's, I can't remember, Wentworth Miller? Wentworth Miller, yeah. <laughs> Glad you knew exactly who I was talking yeah, about yeah, when no. I said Wentworth Miller. Oh, I know who you were talking about. <laughs> all right, so, uh, I mean, that's just all of our thoughts on Jane Got a Gun. Uh, yeah. If you listen this long, Thanks. Thanks. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.